Hello, welcome to The Briefing. It's Wednesday, February 17. I'm Tom Tilley, joined by Annika Smethurst, who this morning is still in lockdown in Melbourne. What's it been like this time, Annika? Last year you watched it all from the comfort and the, the freedom of your home in Canberra. This time you've been a part of it in Melbourne. Yeah, it makes the Canberra lockdown seem pretty weak, actually. We still had Bunnings open. Bunnings is not open here, which means it's pretty serious. Look, it is only five days, and if it does end today, I guess it hasn't been too bad. I've been able to work at home. My hen's day was cancelled, but look, all in all, five days is not too bad, I guess. But I have found there's a lot of anxiety about here that they've been burnt before and they don't trust that it will be over today. I'm feeling quite confident. Yeah, so you're, you're part of this, I guess huge group of people waiting on Dan Andrews to get up every day and and speak in front of the cameras. What's that like? Yeah, look, I tuned into the Daily Dan a fair bit last time, mainly because of my job, but I didn't tune in, you know, waiting to see if my weekend plans were going to be alive or not. So I now do, yeah, I now understand that anxiety of about mid-morning, getting a cup of tea, sitting down and uh, hearing what Dan has to say in a different way. Usually, I'd be there questioning him, but um, I haven't been able to go into the office for a number of reasons. I I haven't even got myself organised to get a pass yet. So um, I've been stuck at home and watching many of my capable colleagues take on that. So the big question, speaking of um, the anxiety of this whole situation, did you buy extra toilet paper? (laughs) Look, I didn't buy extra toilet paper, but on Friday when it did look like it was going to be announced, I did get online and do a Coles order. Didn't need to get any toilet paper, but I did stock up on a lot of tins of food in case it went a little longer. Yeah, well, lots of people did um, stock up on extra toilet paper. The shelves in some Melbourne supermarkets were empty again, which I think surprised a lot of people given we'd seen that we didn't really need to do that with previous lockdowns. So later on the briefing, we're going to dig deeper into that psychology of why this is still happening. It's like an invisible and existential threat. And so there's this really important psychological theory that says that when when we're faced with all these uncertainties where the outcome could be very bad, people try to exert control in their life in superficial tokenistic ways. Yeah, the deeper psychology on toilet paper panic buying in just a moment on the briefing. First, let's get into the big news stories of today. Victoria's snap five-day lockdown is expected to end at midnight, despite early fears it would run a little bit longer. Yeah, Premier Dan Andrews was optimistic while announcing two new cases yesterday, which are both linked to the Holiday Inn cluster, now at 19. Uh, The Premier also announced plans to build a standalone quarantine facility. We are actively pursuing and examining the construction of a purpose-built quarantine centre, a centre that would serve to replace in at least significant measure, maybe not entirely, but in significant part, uh, the work of inner-city hotels. As we told you yesterday, it will look similar to that quarantine camp at Howard Springs near Darwin, where there are individual cabins and residents can go outside for a bit of fresh air. Yeah, the idea's been flagged by lots of people, but most recently business tycoons Lindsay Fox and John Wagner. Lindsay Fox would do it in regional Victoria, potentially at Avalon Airport. Uh, Wagner's talking about doing it near Toowoomba in Queensland. Uh, South Australian businessman Sam Shan has also stepped up with an offer in that state. And in other COVID news, the TGA has approved the vaccine that most Australians will be given. The Oxford AstraZeneca jab will initially be imported before being manufactured in Melbourne. Yeah, and unlike some European countries, our TGA approved this vaccine for over 65s, which I found quite interesting. And the young Tamil family detained on Christmas Island has thanked supporters after a fresh federal court ruling 
kept them from being deported. We are very thankful all to the wonderful people in Australia who support us. Yesterday, the court dismissed an appeal by the Commonwealth. It was trying to overturn a ruling made last year that the family's three-year-old Australian-born daughter was denied procedural fairness when applying for a protection visa. Yeah, they still won't be able to go back to Biloela, the town in Queensland that they called home. They'll still be uh, kept on Christmas Island unless there's ministerial intervention. A young woman who was allegedly raped by a senior colleague at Parliament House says a workplace culture review is long overdue. But the former Liberal staffer, Brittany Higgins, says it shouldn't have taken her story airing on television for this to happen. Yesterday, Prime Minister Scott Morrison announced twin reviews into Coalition MPs' culture and training and apologised. I want to make sure that any young woman working in this place is as safe as possible, just as I would like my own daughters that confidence of their safety and as a father I could have that confidence of safety. I discussed it with Jenny, she had seen it, and I seek to deal with them in as as humanly a way as possible. Yeah, today there are reports that a secret parliamentary inquiry into the incident had been going for months after security guards raised concerns about how it was handled. News.com.au, who broke the story, claim a security operations director quit his job in the wake of the incident and had spoken out about it. It's also reporting that security let Brittany and her alleged rapist into the building that night after the work drinks because he didn't have his keys. Yeah, there's been a number of criticisms of the government's handling of this. One of the criticisms was that Scott Morrison uh, needed his wife to tell him to see this as a father for him to show that deeper level of empathy, which he came back with yesterday, especially given that just a few weeks ago, He was on the stage with Grace Tame, the young woman uh, who was given Australian of the Year for her campaign as a a victim after a sexual assault. The other question mark is that he didn't know about it, despite the fact that the chief of staff in Linda Reynolds' office at the time then went on to work in his office. And also that this inquiry that he announced yesterday is headed by a Liberal MP. Labor have called for an independent inquiry. What do you make of this whole story, Annika? Uh, look, I think there's a criticism towards Scott Morris, and I understand it, you know, this to feel empathy towards a woman who has been in this situation. One thing I would say about that, I've got to know Scott Morrison a little bit. I'm writing a book on him, and he tried to say yesterday when questioned on this that being a father and husband is actually so, I guess, such a deep part of him. And, and he says, you know, so that's how he views it in that role. It, it doesn't mean should he not have Jenny and the girls, he wouldn't be empathetic. It's just, I guess, the way he framed it yesterday. Mm. But it has caused quite a lot of controversy. Look, I don't think he did know about this for a number of reasons. He was quite angry when he said uh, yesterday when asked about this, he said he's made it quite clear to those people that did know that he should have known uh, and I think it, he'd left that in no uncertain terms that if anything like this has happened again, he will be told. But look, I think for a number of reasons, there is a little bit of a culture of don't tell the minister because then once the minister or the prime minister knows, um, they can be questioned about it, I guess. So mm. often these things are tried, you know, th- there is an attempt to deal with them at a different level. There is also just the fact that the prime minister is a busy person. It was going into an election campaign and you know, a lot of things do happen. But I don't think there's any um, suggestion that he did know and and is covering this up. Maybe people around him did know of it, though, of course. And look, yeah, I think Labor do have a point in this uh, to call for an inquiry that would have both sides. Celia Hammond, who is running it, 
is incredibly capable. She used to be um, a, a chancellor of a university and, and has dealt with sort of, I guess, some issues on campus before. But having said that, just the optics of it, given mm. what's happened, to have Labor in there, I think would actually be a really good idea. And Novak Djokovic says the rest of the professional tennis season should be cancelled if players have to quarantine again. Yeah, the world number one says most players don't think it's worth the extra hassle and the injuries that come from going into quarantine. He has said, though, that a a player's hub like they're doing in the NBA could work. Joker was backed by Alexander Zverev, who he beat to make it through to the semis last night. Zverev says injuries will keep on happening if the travelling circuit continues. Yeah, it's an interesting point. There have been a lot of injuries at this year's Australian Open. The women's game was amazing last night too. Um, Simona Hallett put up a very valiant fight to a very much in-form Serena Williams. It's been great tennis, hasn't it? Yeah, and we'll get to see if Serena Williams will beat Naomi Osaka because, of course, the winner could go on to play Ash Barty. All right, Annika, we'll catch you tomorrow. It is time to talk toilet paper. Today on The Briefing, Toilet Paper Gate 2021 or 2.0. What? We're, we're talking about this again? It's we're, still happening? Mate, it is still happening. When Melbourne went into its snap lockdown on the weekend, there were supermarket shelves that were just instantly plundered of their toilet paper stock. Panic buying has returned in Melbourne. Shelves have again been stripped bare. You can now buy just one packet of toilet paper at Coles. Woolworths has a purchase limit of two items on toilet paper. Isn't it just wild? It is wild. And it's not just Melbourne either. There was panic buying in Brisbane um, and in Perth with their recent snap lockdowns and also in Sydney in December when the Northern Beaches area went into lockdown as well. Yeah, it's hard to watch. It takes you back to the the darkest moments, pun intended, of of the pandemic. Remember back in March? I do. When it was turning into into fisticuffs? Supermarket shelves are being stripped bare. Coles has announced tougher restrictions on toilet paper. Woolworths customers can now only buy two packets of toilet paper. Stop hoarding. I can't be more blunt about it. The fight over toilet paper that went viral around the world. I just want one pack. Oh, my goodness. Oh, so triggering. The screaming. Now, this isn't something that just happened in Australia, by the way. Um, It happened in other countries around the world as well. But there is something particular about Australians. So in September last year, we spoke to a Google Analytics expert, Simon Rogers, who said... There's one thing I have to tell you, though, that is in 2020 so far, Australia is the top-ranked country by search interest for toilet paper. Oh, <laughs> no! A national shame! <laughs> We're the number one Googlers of toilet paper in the world. Yeah, and that was in September last year. And just to double-check, we actually interviewed him at the end of the year. <laughs> and guess what? Have we changed? Please tell me something's changed. I really wish that I could tell oh, you that no. that has changed. I'm sorry. <laughs> sorry We're still, still Googling toilet Australia paper? Still the number one country searching for toilet paper. You've got to wonder, don't you, what's going on? You do have to wonder what's going on. And... We're laughing about it, but jokes aside for the minute, I mean, is is it a sign of something a little bit more concerning, you know, about how we're coping with this very bizarre anxiety-inducing time? Yeah, it's such a challenging time for our mental health. For sure. Well, Chris Baston is a clinical psychologist. He has been treating people throughout this crisis. Chris, welcome. Are you surprised 
that there's been panic buying of toilet paper again? I'm afraid not. No, it's it's a bit predictable. I think it's going to happen over and over. Why? I think there's a couple of factors, actually. One of the most obvious ones um, that, that can catch a lot of people is you know, a fear of missing out. It's that snowballing effect where people will hear on the news that there's been a, you know, panic buying and they think, well, they might even think, well, that's a bit ridiculous, but, geez, I don't want to miss out. I, <laughs> I can't afford to go without. So, that you know, that happens and, and, it, and it is curious and so people talk about it and the more, more people talk about it, um, the more people get a bit anxious. But the, the more interesting question for me is who does it in the first place to start it off? Because the snowballing, I think, is easy to understand, but it's not easy to understand why people might do it for starters. And do we have any more information on why people might do it for starters? Yeah, we do. Beyond speculation, there's actually been some research. Um, there's one international study done starting in Germany, but they, they interviewed people across um, North America and throughout Europe. And they had quite a few respondents. And what they found was that um, it was more anxious people, more conscientious people, people that have a low tolerance for uncertainty. So these are all mm. personality traits. They're the ones that are more likely to want to go and stock up on toilet paper and pasta and mincemeat and things like that. Because on one level, you know, we joke a fair bit about the hoarding of toilet paper and I guess to some people it might seem a little bit ridiculous. But do you think it reveals something a little bit more concerning, I guess, about our state of mind? Like, does it show that we're particularly panicky? So some people are more panicky than others is their real answer. I wouldn't say we all are. Mm. There are certain things about the life stressors that we've had with the pandemic. And I know everybody knows about them, but I'll, put, I'll name them so you know what I'm talking about. It's the invisibility of the threat. You can't see the virus. You don't know who's sick. Um, you don't know if you're going to get sick. You don't know when the restrictions are going to lift, uh, how bad it's going to be, what the financial pressure is going to be on you, um, is your family going to hang together. There's, there's, it's like an invisible and existential threat. And so there's this really important psychological theory that says that when, when we're faced with all these uncertainties where the outcome could be very bad, people try to exert control in their life in superficial tokenistic ways. When you discover something reduces your anxiety, the reduction of anxiety is very rewarding, so you'll do it again and again and again. So a classic example would be you've probably people have probably know that anorexia nervosa is a very serious dieting disorder where one of the main functions of that disorder is to give the person a sense of control in their life in a less damaging way. I think the hoarding of toilet paper is very much the same, where people go, oh, okay, look, I just, I, they're not actually more in control of things. They haven't reduced the uncertainty of the whole pandemic, but actually it reduces their anxiety about that. They feel like, well, I've done something tangible, just makes me feel more in control, and that's great. I'll do that again. What do you think it is about us in particular, because Australians are the number one Googlers of toilet paper. They have been throughout the whole of 2020. Um, we sort of led the way a little bit on this. We made international headlines when we started, you know, hoarding toilet paper back in March. What do you think it is about Australians? I think we live in a in a beautifully protected 
gorgeous part of the world where we don't have to deal with too many geopolitical problems mm. like you might have to in North America, South America and Europe where they're challenged. So if this is a very fresh challenge for Australia and we're not used to it, then I think, um, to go to your question, I think maybe our anxiety then is something that we're not practised at having to deal with that level of threat and anxiety. Mm. So maybe that's why we're reaching for the toilet paper as a medicinal way to deal with uncertainty and worry. Mm. Yeah, that sounds like quite a plausible theory. Um, I guess the reason we brought up this topic again is that we were surprised to see this happening after we've been told you don't need to panic buy and have been proven that you don't need to panic buy, you know, over the last yep. um, almost a whole year now. But what what do you think about it, where we're up to at the moment in terms of our, our mental health in the course of this crisis? Um, how are people doing? Is there, is there still a lot of anxiety and, and trauma in, in people you're talking to? Um, yes, there is. And unfortunately, it, it depends a little bit on where you live um, and how lucky or unlucky your community has been. There are some parts of the community that by virtue of luck and geography, they're not affected much at all. It's not really on their mind. And I know others, and of course, Melbourne, as we speak, Melbourne would be feeling the pinch a lot more than anybody else because they've experienced a much longer and more severe shutdown than other parts of the country. And now they're being told within, with 12 hours notice to go back in. And when, when you've already been through that sort of lockdown and you know how bad it is, Going back into it is even worse the second time around. Yeah, because this latest lockdown in Melbourne, when I first saw that toilet paper was kind of being flying off the shelves again, I thought, oh, come on, guys, you don't need to be hoarding toilet paper again. We know this. But actually, you think that it's just a symptom of continued anxiety. The anxiety hasn't been dealt with. It's still there. So why wouldn't they hoard toilet paper? Well said, and that's why I started at the beginning by saying, actually, I'm not that surprised mm. because even the messages are there that there's going to be plenty of supply. We've just got to get it on the trucks. There's, you're never going to run out, um, and I think most people believe that. The general community is anxiety is there, and some people manage to tolerate the uncertainty and anxiety better than others by virtue of their personality, and it's the obsessive-compulsive personality types. They really like planning and predictability and certainty and doing the right thing, somebody with that personality trait, which isn't all that bad, they make great employees and great friends, but they're going to be too anxious. They just won't be able to stay at home. They'll make that extra trip to the shops Mm. and and it makes them feel better, Mm. quicker. And then the snowballing starts. You talked a lot about anxiety. I think that there are a lot of people out there who still got it. I know I'm anxious. Um, What advice do you reckon you'd give to people just to help deal with the uncertainty that we're all facing? Well, do less reading and more selective reading. And I think confine yourself just to Australian government, you know, articles and newsletters online because they are very informative and very careful and written by good people. And then we need to limit our diet of news because we, if we start, the more we read, the human brain is just a stimulus response machine. If we've got a stimulus, the brain will respond. And if we read another article about something going wrong with the pandemic or a family who's struggling, it just lights up the anxiety circuitry in your brain. And we don't know mm. that, but then it leaves us with this trace of anxiety. So limiting news, so you can be informed, but not constantly triggered. Mm. And then train yourself finally to... It, Imagine explaining to somebody else 
why you don't need to be worried, why you don't need to buy the extra and anything, including especially toilet paper, because formulating those arguments, even if you're not doing it, it that leaves a positive reassurance trace in your brain. Okay. Selective with your news, which includes the briefing, Absolutely. obviously. Yep. Read carefully and then and limit it. It should be 15 minutes a day max. Not of anything, just pandemic-related news. Chris Baston shedding some light on the, the psychological process of panic buying. What do you make of that, Jen? Yeah, uh, I think I've I've come around a little bit. Maybe you got a bit after. more empathy for it. I definitely have a bit more empathy for it. When I first started seeing it happening, I thought, "Oh, this is madness! Come on, guys, you don't need toilet paper." But now I totally understand the need to want to control the small elements of your life when you can't control the big ones. Like I totally get that. If that's what you need to do, I guess do it. But also be mindful that you live in a society and there are other people around that also need toilet paper. Time for the bid, I reckon. <laughs> I'm not going to say no to a bit of a, You've lived in a butt spray. Yeah. All right, from butt sprays to a much more serious topic tomorrow, we're going to look at the plight of the Billawilla Tamil refugee family and ask if they're getting a fair go. A Podcast One production.